0: Guys and gals, uh, thank you for tuning in. This is uh, the Property Management Show. Um, Today we're going to dive into growth, but not, again, like the latest series of episodes was really about digesting growth, identifying the problems, like growing, as my guest says, growing is easy, but really um, putting... Putting the framework around growth and and actually having a successful profitable business with happy people, that is really challenging, and it all starts from the leadership position. So we're going to talk about this. is going to be mutual mentors, mentorship session, really, mutual coaching session between my guests and I, my, my guest and I, and I, as a you know a CEO of, of four and a half, a, a company with thirty two people, I'm going through the similar problems myself. So my guest and I are gonna coach each other, and hopefully will a lot of these lessons uh, will apply to you and your businesses, and you'll take a lot out of it. I certainly will. Uh, so let me introduce my guest. Um, he's already been on this show, and almost this gentleman almost deserves, like he's at the level where introductions are almost not necessary, right? So, So I think 50% of you listening out there, maybe 70% of you listening out there already know who he is. He's so prominent. But his name is Steve Rosenberg. He's the CEO. He's a co-founder of Empire Industries. He's a commercial pilot who flies for United. He's also international speaker. He's done a lot of speaking tours in Australia and New Zealand lately and here in the U.S. Very high in demand for his skills in terms of understanding how to grow and scale a business. He did, he did a lot of coaching um, and he's a personal friend. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, Alex. Really good to have you man. I'm looking to jam and, and learn from you so let's set this up. Um, in the pre-show you and I talked about the challenge of growth and in um, the things like how, how, you know we almost choke on growth right everybody it's it's as you mentioned it's so hot everybody like you learn how to market and all of, all of a sudden you have the growth you want. But what if you start outgrowing your, your capabilities? Like, set this up for us. What are you feeling in your business? What's going on?
1: Well, you know w- what I've learned is, you know, growth is the sexy. Th- that's the sexy thing, right? That's the that's the sexy girlfriend. That's the Corvette, right? Everybody wants to grow, right? And you know, every everyone that knows me and they know my business partner Pete, we are like polar opposites, right? I am full throttle forward. He pulls me back, which is which is really a good dynamic. Um. And what I've learned uh, as as we've been doing our growth, and we've been doing a lot of growth since you've met us, um, and and we continue to grind, is that the common theme is that everybody, you know, careful what you ask for, right? Because if you get this growth and you start growing, if you don't have the structure ready for that growth, meaning, for example, the, the leaders of the company need to have the vision of where this thing is going. Someone needs to steer the ship. Right. And if everyone is sitting there rowing and rowing and rowing and no one is steering, you know, you could be making great time, but you're going in the wrong direction. Right? So you could be growing, and you know, what what I was told is you get the people you deserve. And I didn't understand what that meant. You know, and we would hire people, shitty people, we'd lose them, we would think, Oh, this person's gonna be the end of our prayer, this is it, and then they would do a bad job. Can I can
0: Can I dig in here? Can we dig in here for a second? Like I'm so curious, but I'm writing notes. I don't want to miss this. Remember you and I talked about the disc profile. You did a lot of conversations. You taught me the disc profile. You know, I mean, it was on the back of my head, but never forward. I never really used it in the hiring practices. And I adapted a lot of the things that you taught. How, how, what, what happened with that specifically in your company? You had that methodology, didn't you?
1: right and and we still use the disc okay so you you know you hire the disc you hire you hire for the role not the person right so for the people that don't know disc disc is a personality profiling system but the the challenge is we may hire the right person but we're not telling them what the vision of the company is so we're hiring people they think maybe they're walking into a job that is just stagnant 9 to 5 they walk in and we are just grinding our asses off Working, everyone is just plugging forward, and they're kind of like, "This isn't what I signed up for." And it's like, "Well, we told you we were a growing company." It's like, "Yeah, but not like this." And so it, it it comes back on us as leaders, and not being the leaders, and not showing what the vision is, and not hiring on the vision. So what happens is is we all are operators, right? We start a business as operators, um, and what happens is is, is a lot of times you lose that visionary path and you become managers and you start managing and not leading and you get so caught, which you have to do, right? You have to manage people. You have to manage systems and you get so caught up in being a manager. You almost work yourself back into having a job and you're not leading them anymore. You know, so you hire the right people, you hire the right disc profile. But what happens is, is as you start getting into the groove and you're in the heat of battle, now, you know, sometimes people get heroitis where they push people out of the way and they go, I'll just do it myself because you can't do it because right. you're not believing in the vision or the culture or the core values. And we, we realize that we're like, you know, we don't even know what our core values are. How do we expect anyone else to? So we're sitting there saying these people, the, the team members are supposed to be the ones that are going to carry us to the promised land because we're the leaders, but we're not really leading anyone. We're just managing So how do you
0: steve how do you hire for for performance how do you hire for uh for fit with the purpose and that's so i've let me preface this real quick um i've identified three so like for the last you and i both i know you're you're a voracious reader and you listen to podcasts you self-educate consistently And grow because, you know, as CEOs, our roles change as we grow and we have more and more responsibilities and we look out for more and more people's well-being and their futures and whatnot. So I've distilled down business success to three key principles. One of is aligning team behind a purpose. And that is in itself. That's a leadership job, right? Then second, knowing your numbers. And third, uh, enabling a culture of experimentation. In other words, being okay with people to fail and actually empower that, but, but learn from it and, and learn how to recover. So put systems in place that are never sort of never stagnant, right? Continuously experiment. And so those are the three things, but the first one is purpose. We've been lucky to actually have people that align with our purpose and growth because a a lot of them are essentially hungry. We're somehow be able to like uh, understand hunger in the interview process and hire for that. How do you suggest in prop, in, and so we got lucky because marketing is sexy, as you said, right? Marketing firm, everybody wants to work for a marketing firm, right? That's kind of, so we're kind of lucky there. But property management, not as sexy in a lot of ways. You can you can position it as sexy, but that takes work. So how do you recommend people who are listening who don't want to make the same mistake? How do they hire beyond the disc profile? How do you hire for purpose?
1: Well, I think what you have to do is you have to have a compelling story of what your company's doing. What is what do what you? What does your company stand for? If I just walked in to hide and I was going for a job, and they said, "Yeah, that's your desk. You're going to sit there from nine to five. You're going to get yelled at every day. It's going to suck. You're probably going to not like it. You probably won't even be here that long." What, ta- what day would you like to start? Right? You're going to go. Well, why would I do that? Right? I, don't, I can. I can get a. And you hear people say, "I can do another job and not get yelled at, make the same amount of money, and not get bitched at every day." So. It's a matter of setting the expectations. Look, and what I do is in the property management business, what I try to explain to people is, look, people, have a, people are buying these rental properties because they have a dream for wealth. right? This is, this is like a lifetime dream of theirs and the second biggest investment of their life. And they're trusting it with us. The reason they're even coming to us is they have a problem. And for whatever reason, they think our company is the solution. We are, for lack of a better term, a customer complaint company i say customer resolution company our job is to provide solutions to their problems people are going to call you and they're going to have a problem we can provide the solutions that's what we do we have to be okay with finding solutions and it doesn't always have to be win-win and you know what the customer is not always right and you know what you don't always have to apologize one of the first things i tell our team especially the ones that are on the front line answering the phones. Let's say they let, let's just say, for example, cause we all know that as property managers, somebody calls up and they're bitching about a vendor that didn't show up. Well, should I apologize for that vendor? No, I tell them you don't apologize. It's not our fault. You know what? You acknowledge that they're pissed. You know what? I understand you're upset. Look, I would be upset too. If I had to take the day off work and I had to wait, here's what I'm going to do. Let me see if I can fix this situation for you. Now you're helping them. Now you're on the same side of the table. Because if not, if you're on the other side of the table, constantly getting hit with incompetent people, you're constantly on the apology tour. And after a while, you're going to go, why do I want to do this? All I do is say sorry for shit that I didn't do wrong every day. It's not my fault that the vendor, you know? So you have to look at it differently. And I tell them, look, and with that being said, they have to be empowered that if you have a bad vendor, there has to be a repercussion for that to set the example straight. So. We, again, like you said, we let them, the vision is to be the best customer service company in, in the greater South Dakota area, whatever, wherever you work. So you give them that ability and the anonymity to make decisions. And so what I explain to the property managers, or we have a, we have a, a front, we have a tier one team that's not property managers that answer the calls, is we explain them, look, we have a, me and you, Mr. Vendor have a problem. We need to fix this problem before it gets to tier two. How do we solve this problem at our level so that it doesn't get up to upper management? And you give them the power to solve the solution. If the vendor says, you know what, suck it, I'm not fixing it, I'm not going there. Okay, well, you know what, I get that. I'm gonna have to kick this up to a higher level because I can't have an argument with you. I'm just trying to fix this for the tenant. And what I have learned is if you can get on the owners or tenants side or anyone who has a problem and you, can, you, know, you don't have to apologize, but you empathize with them and you say, look, I get it. I understand. Once you understand and you're on the same side, I, I hate when people don't show up for me too. That takes the steam. And I know, I'm know i not trying to turn this into a negotiating session, but basically it's a customer service. And what happens is, is the employee feels like they're actually helping someone and they're not just taking a beating every day. So when you explain that to them and you give them the tools to succeed, they feel like they're making a difference because we have the... You know, we know where Disneyland is, right? Disneyland is here. This is where we're going. This is the strategy, right? This is our, this is our core value. This is our cultures and our vision is to get here and we have our mission statement. The challenge is, is most companies, they don't know what their core values is, not even the CEOs or the owners. And like you and I were talking earlier, I think one of the biggest challenges, nobody holds the CEO or owner of the company accountable. So I, when, I, when I help people or mentor them or talk to them, whatever I do, I tell them, I say, well, who's the owner of the company? I am. Well, who's the CEO? I am. Who do you report to? Who, who are you accountable for every day to turn in your KPIs to your to-do list of what you accomplished today? Just because you're the owner doesn't mean you can't be fired. And we talked about this earlier that you, can out, you your, your company can outgrow you if you're growing on a fast pace. And that's the challenge a lot of people have. And we've had that too. Pete and I, you know, we struggle with that of how do we keep up with this company? You know, we're growing, revenues growing, the numbers in the bank account get bigger, the number of doors get bigger. Well, so do the number of challenges, right? We're going in multiple cities. We're doing things we've never done. We have to keep on the front end of our learning curve because the company is neck and neck outpacing us. And, you know, it's not going to slow down or stop. It's either going to chew us up or it's just going to fire us, basically, because yeah. you know the thing is, is as CEOs and owners of the company, we have a responsibility to the people that we pay the paychecks for. And just because you're the owner doesn't mean that you can't or shouldn't be fired. If you're not holding up your end of the bargain, you should be fired, and you should be accountable for that.
0: Our sponsor today is four and a half, my own company, and our brand new product, one partner website platform. You see, the problem with websites is that once you have it built, there's really no changes being made until you're ready for a new one in three to four or five years down the line. So the website is not keeping up with your business. And if you are making changes on your website, you are left guessing on how those changes will improve the performance of the website, right? So one partner solves that. We solve it in three ways. The website platform that we have focuses on leads, Data and data driven decisions. Let me explain. First and foremost, the website is designed with your perfect customer experience in mind first. It's all about them professional copy, larger text, easy, clean layout, super fast loading, videos, explainer videos throughout the website, lead magnets like ebook download and rental analysis. Uh, implemented throughout the website where they make sense. We also help you with a three-tier pricing plan. We have a a framework that will help you and will consult you on putting together the pricing plan to baffle your competition and play in different uh, uh, price spectrums for your customers and create an upsell opportunity within your company. Definitely gonna lead your local market if you are able to introduce that. And so all of that, Means little if we don't have the if the website does not rank. Well, four and a half uses the last six years of our experience to implement SEO uh, best practices throughout the website, inside the website, outside the website, um, connect all your digital channels, all your social media channels, and have that sort of a presentation of who you are as a brand consistent, clean, and very, very easy. For your customers to understand. Now, the second element here is the business performance dashboard. It's the data. There's so much of it out there. Who cares, right? I can't dig into Google Analytics and try to understand what does uh, you know what is my bounce rate and how does that how is that relevant to my website SEO. Well, so what we've done is we distilled all that information coming from you know ten other sources. You know, including your CRM, your reputation channels, your Google Analytics, uh, and so on into a simple dashboard that answers three questions. Where are my leads are coming from? How much does it cost me per lead from all these different lead sources? And it has a trigger built in on where and when to double down. You see, our team uses this information to study the performance of your website every 90 days. And we get on the phone with you and we'll figure out what to build next, whether it's new landing pages, whether it's proving different, putting different videos in different places, whether it's uh, um, essentially explain, do a better job explaining the particular services you have, whatever we find from the data and the opportunities to make the performance improvements, we pass them on to you on a continuous basis and we build those out. That is what one partner platform is all about. If you want to learn more, if you want to stand out from a competition, if you really want to move your business to the next level, do yourself a favor. Go to fourandhalf.com forward slash one partner and see what we have. That's why I like the concept, Steve. That's why I, and some people criticized me for it, but that's, that's why I like the concept of actually running the company with a board um, that keeps that the board does not do day to day right the board of directors are account keeping the ceo accountable that is like the entity that you feel responsibility to it even if they don't understand every single kpi kpi you report they understand they see the trends they're smart people you want to staff your board with smart people and you know you got to give them some advisor shares you can't you can't just ask people to do sheesh for you for free right uh give them some advisor shares um or 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 otherwise get them some kind of a – get them engaged and caring about the business or well, they could be the investors. In our case, that's the investors in the company that sit on the board and their financial, you know, stake, their financial stake in the business. You have investors, don't you?
1: Yeah. Do well, you- we don't have investors in the company. Um, Pete and I, you know, we start on our own. But we have brought on someone on our board who is helping us scale it nationally um, through, through some growth methods. But every month, we have a meeting with them. Yeah. and you know what if our numbers are not on we get our asses chewed right and, and you know pete's the ceo of the company and he'll tell pete pete either be the ceo or step down do your job you know and it's some. you know i mean we are accountable because we have a plan of where we're going to grow our company and it's not like we can go well we're doing pretty good we closed 50 doors this month we're doing good it's like no what's the goal are we hitting our numbers are we hitting revenue are we hitting profits and and i tell you what man we don't like going into that meeting when we're not when we know we had a shitty month because we're going to get our ass kicked but that keeps us on track right i mean we're about to launch into three cities and it's scary right three cities in one time that's a little nervous that's not anything we've ever done the person who's advising us is like what's going on where's the plan you know it's not like we go well we'll get to it when we want to get to it it's like no no we have a plan we have an agenda let's go you know, so yeah, it's-
0: and, and and so that's that's a good thing. This is this is where you can. It's lonely at the top, even if you have a partner. You both are, you know, you both your vision is, is like a bird's eye, right? You're bird's eye, and if you if you're not, if if you're down there on the ground, you know, elbowing everybody around, you, then you really won't, you wouldn't have the growth problem because you wouldn't grow. But if you're bird's eye, right, you 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 up you you oversee the company and you're making big big decisions, you know, it's still. Bird's vision, you still need help from your team. So a lot of times uh, the team contributes into planning for us. Uh, And once, so I do individual interviews and I present it to the team and then everybody sort of like pitches in, we have a plan and then it goes to the board, right? And then the board, we have real discussions, right? Real discussions at a high level, and these people from different industries they sort of bring in their experience and that's kind of how we structure it and i don't know very many property management companies that run that way except yours i didn't even know you guys have a, a sort of a board uh, and then you you have you, do you do you do you recommend that structure or do you feel this is a little in this is this is maybe cutting you uh, cutting your wings a little bit
1: well i think I, I don't know if i it depends on people's goals right it goes back to what are they what are they, what is the goal of the company if the goal of the company is for us to sit in one city and grow that may not be as necessary for the for the exponential growth we are trying to do it then it's necessary but what i will say what every company should do and we do this and this may help you is we created a leadership team okay the leadership team is is obviously consisted of leaders right from different departments that have a say in the company right and these are people that see the vision so let's just say like in our company i think we have 20 26 employees or so uh, this is uh, maybe, I think there's four, uh, five of us, right? Marketing, Kevin from marketing. We've got uh, director of ops, CFO, um, Pete and myself. Every Tuesday at 7 a.m. we are there in the office for our, for our leadership meeting. It goes for an hour and 30 minutes. It's very structured. First thing we talk about is the scorecard of the company. We have our KPIs that everyone has to contribute We look at, and it's a very, when you say bird's eye view, we say 30,000 foot view. And our KPIs are green or red. Meaning, are we on track to the goal of where we're trying to go, right? How many doors do we want to lose? Let's say we only want to lose one a week, right? Well, if it's more than one a week, it's red. It's can you share it. it's,
0: Steve, I'm sorry. Please keep the track of where you're going in mind. I Just for the audience's sake and for my own sake, can you give me some of the key metrics that you actually – so we're just implementing the scorecard system. This is like as yep. timely as it gets, so I'm just super curious, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but what yeah. are some of the key um, metrics that you're tracking? You don't have to tell me everything, but some of the key things you're tracking in, in the scorecard uh, on that leadership meeting because we have the same, but we're just developing the scorecard. So
1: – well, first, let me say you want to keep them somewhere between seven and 10 metrics. You don't want them more than that. Okay. So all the company metrics are going to funnel up into that. So the, let me just say, you know, the, the property management side, they've got a whole shitload of metrics. I don't care about all those. It's the things that I really want to know about. How much revenue have We're talking we collected? Business. We're talking business metrics, right? Yeah. We're talking upper level stuff, right? I want to know how many doors have we gained? How many doors have we lost? I want to know how many leads, how many offer, well, so the way we classify leads that come in, we classify them as total inbounds. And then those inbounds are broken up into leads or opportunities. Okay? So we want to know how many leads came in, how many opportunities, and we have a certain conversion rate that we want them to be. Meaning are they good leads or bad leads? What are they?
0: And what is the time? I'm just furiously writing stuff down. Uh, uh, What is the timeline for the scorecard? Every week. So so weekly, you measure the conversion rates. You you track all these things weekly. Okay, got it, got it. Every um, weekly.
1: How many how many tier? We call it tier three, which is upper level. How many tier three complaints are we getting um, from from clients or vendors or owners? Um, what is the what is the account balance in the bank? Do we have any money borrowed on a credit line? Um, trying to think of what else. Can you, can
0: you, can you, can you, can you dig into the tier three complaints? I'm actually fascinated with your tier system.
1: Can you help? Th- yeah. Break yeah. that out for so, me. So, so recently we've done a lot of work with outsourcing our teams. Okay. Um, and, and we, we've been outsourcing them to, to, uh, another country and it's been super amazingly successful. Let's just say, um, so successful that we have about 16 employees in Mexico really that cool. work directly for us. Okay. Um, amazing employees, they do, I mean, they are, they actually work for us. Okay. Um, and, um, Brad Larson is actually the one who, who got us onto that and and identified that with us. And it's been, it's been, we took it and just, as always, we just exploded with it. Right. And so they are the tier one, meaning 80% of your calls and inbounds that come in are basic information, right? I can't log into my portal. I got an HOA complaint. Why do I have to pay rent? It's all the stuff that just blows your mind of stupidity in my mind, right? So we have teams down there. We have, we have different teams down in Mexico that handle different departments of our company, and there are teams of four and five in their groups, but 80% of all the calls and problems are handled at that level. That's tier one. Do they have some kind of a book
0: to operate from? Do they have uh, training? I mean, do, do, how, how, yes. sorry, man, I just want to dig it. Like how, how yeah. do they know how to answer the question? Correct. Well,
1: so for us, we do training with them. They, they, they are trained every week with the rest of the team. They are part of the team. Um, they have manuals, they have scripts. I do script training with each division every week. Uh, we go over challenges and issues. um, We talk about, you know, because after a while, you're going to see all the same challenges, right? You're going to see them. You're only going to have so many, right? So it's not the challenge. It's how you handle it. You can't change the stimulus. You can change the reaction. So we can change what the reaction is to the challenge. Whatever the challenge is, it's, it's, it's not what you say. It's how you say it, right? It's how you handle it. It's how you, what's the biggest complaint of property management companies? Nobody calls me back. I can't get a hold of anyone. It's because they're freaking, so here's the here's the biggest challenge we have, is as a property management company, I don't want to dig too deep into this, but basically you, everybody has their profit margin that they're good and bad at. Well, the thing is, is at a certain point, you make profit with a property manager. Normally, that's somewhere between 150 to $190, correct? Give or take. Okay. All right? At that 150 to 190 doors where you're actually making the profit, that is where the property manager is the most stressed. They're not getting back to people cause they're running around. They got their phones are ringing nonstop. They're the most unproductive between 150 to 190 doors, but that's where you're making your money. It's a, it's a polar opposite. And then what happens? We all know that what happens is the property manager gets stressed and then they threaten to leave. And now you're like, well, hold on, let me change everything around. And now you're basically held hostage. To a property manager because they're threatening to leave. Because they hold the secrets to 190 doors. And you're going, well, shit, if they leave, i got to hire someone. i got to teach them all the secrets. It's going to be a three-month training, three months to get them up to speed. I'm six months behind the curve. And you're going to have seepage,
0: too. You're going to have seepage. People are going to leave. Not everybody, but you're going to
1: lose 10%. Here's the thing. This is what we learned. Do you really think they quit on that day or did they quit three months ago and you were just a bad leader and didn't notice it? They really quit a long time ago, so they're doing a shitty job. So now, when you they're coasting. That- I mean, that's they- what I, I call
0: coasters, man. I do not exactly. tolerate co- coasters in my company. It's it's a big topic. Every meeting, I stress: you do your best work, or you go elsewhere, and I'll help you get a job somewhere else. Don't let it yeah. turn into a nasty situation. We're not keeping coasters on
1: board. We're just not absolutely. Keeping- so, and what happens is, is I remember. Um, Uh, I forget who it was, somebody one time from a a big company said, every time I lose a property manager, I know that I'm going to write a check for $3,000 no matter what. He said, the longer I wait, the bigger the check. Hmm. Because more problems are going to be discovered, little Easter eggs, as you're going through with upset owners, so-and-so's not calling me back, all that stuff, right? So anyways, what we realize is by taking off the pressure of these BS calls – the 80, you systemize 80%, you humanize 20 percent That's 20%. your tier one. That's where you're coming back to
0: the tier one. I thought you went on a tangent right there, over there. Nope. But you're actually. Nope. You're, all right, just I'll for the audience, going. Steve actually has a plan, man. We're going to go back <laughs> and actually take it all the way back to the leadership team, which we started the discussion. I'm keeping that in yes. mind. But now let's, yeah. let, let's dig in. This is going to be great, man. When we write this up, it's going to be a man, operation manual for growing companies, bro. Let's do this. All right, all right so now it so, boils back to tier, tier one, not tier three, tier one. So you're taking. So basically, your solution is. Let's take the stress out, let's give a more strategic role, and a tactical goes to my
1: tier one team. Right. And here's the thing. When I have a team, that property manager is no longer holding all the secrets. So when they if if they want to leave, it's not gonna be that harsh because it's spread out with tier one. So so that's how we handle it. Everyone can handle it differently. That's just our business makeup, and it's been working very, very well. Can I ask, um, can I poke a couple of holes? Because we operate we
0: actually restructured according to Ben White's book, and and Adam Hooley is the first one. Uh, we're in squads. Uh, we do have a, a team approach. We have a squad executive uh, who's strategic, and it's still we're still working through it. it it's it's fucking man. It's a it's been a year. We've been transitioning. It takes a while, right? I mean, it, it's maddening. But the challenges we're facing, people feel like, oh, I'm speaking to a lot of different people. Who's
1: actually in charge of my account? Do you get that? It's funny you say that because a lot of people have the perception that, oh, I want the single point of contact. And we were that way too. We're like, oh, we like the personal touch. We like that. But here's the thing. The reality of today's society is that people do not stick around in jobs. So now you are putting yourself in a vulnerable position as a CEO and leader of the company by allowing yourself to basically get pigeonholed. Well, and that also is also
0: progression, a right? There's also progression for employees to grow. Like if you only have one property manager and there's a system, they'll never be a problem. Like there's, there's no way Jeez, but when I, you have I, a structure. Right. So,
1: but, but the question is like, how do we solve this? And this made me you and I need to right. think out of the box well, hold here. On oh, let me, let me go back to this. This is, yeah. this is what we found out. And, and we're, you know, I'm coached by a business coach and we run this by our coach. And we talk about it. He goes, let me ask you this. He goes, if you have a problem with AT&T and you called AT&T, would you want to talk to the same person you talked to or do you just want your problem fixed? Like, I just want my problem fixed. He goes, if you go to the car dealership and you want your oil changed, would you care that that guy's changing your oil and that guy's changing your tires? No. He goes, that's called big business. The problem is, is most property management companies are thinking small business and they're small minded. He goes, and that is not a scalable model. He goes, you will price yourself out of the market. I agree and disagree with you on this one. I, I, look, I'm I'm with you because we we're like, well, I don't know. And here's the thing: at the end of the day, as a property management company, I own rental properties, right? I would much rather say, I've had my property for ten years. I've never talked to my property manager once. I just get a check every month. I, they are the best ever. They don't want to talk to us. They don't want to call us. It's not. It's the new way. They're too busy. They're going. Shit, I don't want to talk to you. Well, today I'm going to take my pen out and I'm going to write a couple things and I'll call you back in 10 minutes to let you know what I'm doing on my coffee break. They're going to be like, don't bother me. Is there a problem? No. So the, the biggest, the, my whole point is, is they just want the problem solved. They just want their property rented. They want it streamlined. Your
0: phone rings and, and we're both service business operators, right? I operate multi-million dollar service business. You as well. Our phone rings for two reasons, leads and problems. That's Right. That's it, right? <laughs> Leads and problems. You know, if you are sales press one, you go four and a half, sales press one, you know, for account management press two, the press two is somebody's having a, a, a meltdown, a problem, an issue, a situation. And we're fine, we address that. But sometimes I get, I get that the, the, the drawback of the team that I, I'm still trying to figure out, Steve, is I still want to give people the feeling that there, there's one person, and there is one person who's responsible for their success. But because we structured a business where tactical people are different than strategic people, they get to talk like, okay, Google AdWords is a completely different – like we have a Google AdWords expert and your account manager doesn't know jack. That doesn't know half as much as the Google AdWords does, right? So you got to talk to the Google AdWords guy. Then the reputation is different. Then, you know what I mean? It's all these – and for you, it's the same thing, right? For you, it's, you know, it's the uh, repair problem and then accounting problem. Like your dude, your maintenance guys can't help solve the accounting issue,
1: <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, okay, so you're the property manager. So do you want me to get on the roof too? Do you want me to, do you want me to hook up your utilities? Well, no, that's 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 not realistic. Okay, but you want it to be realistic for – here's the challenge. You want one person to do everything? Well, what happens when they're on the phone with someone else and they can't answer your call?
0: But I think they want one person – I, I think the desire is the quarterback, right? They want the A player, the quarterback – they want the feeling that it's taken care of by a manager who's sort of who's who's then managing. And that's challenging, man, cuz that's an A person and you know, there's only so many of them.
1: But here's the thing. If I told you, hey Alex, when you call, we have a whole team that's dedicated just to handle maintenance. They deal with the vendors, they dispatch, they follow up. We use Ray Hespin. We 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 do everything. They are on the spot. That is all they do all day long is make sure maintenance is taken care of. Or we can get a property manager that she may be busy, she may be putting out fires, she may be walking properties. I don't know where she's going to be today. You what, know what would you I'm, rather have?
0: You know, I'm a hundred percent with you. But they see you, what you and I want uh, is great, and we both understand because we now have faced the operational challenges and now know better than the Google AdWords person in my end will solve your Google AdWords problem. Not the reputation gal, right? She she's like she's all about reviews. So, but. But in the consumer's mind, both you and I got to agree with this in the consumer's mind. So I think the one way to address it, I'm just coming up with this as we talk, is to is to communicate, in other words, have a cadence of communication and do video introductions to team members on newsletters. I think that will alleviate some. We haven't done that well,
1: but you know what you know what it is, Alex? I think I think more importantly, it's a fundamental setting the expectation in the beginning of how you operate. It's just letting them know, look, this is how we operate, right? And if you set the client up and let them know, look, this is what we do. They're like, I don't have a, you could sell it both ways, right? That's sales and marketing. That's, that's showing your product. I could go, man, Alex, I thought everything was done on yellow pages. What is this internet? And you're like, oh, nobody uses yellow pages. This is the best way. And I'm like, okay, if that's how you do it, that's how we do it. Okay, see, you're sold on that concept because you believe in it. And you go, look, you don't believe me, Look at my 392 Google reviews I have. I can't be that shitty. People must like what we do. We offer a good product. Right. So it's, it's well, a But People forget, product. between the sales,
0: uh, between the customer acquisition and uh, integration and onboarding, and the problem, it could be 18-month spend. They're not going to retain any of that. Exactly. I've been, send, I've been sending people mugs, like, I've got this thing here. Hold on. I'll give you a video. like I've been trying to do things like- Here's your account manager. Here's your team. It's Jenny and Teresa. Oh, and by the way, just for you to use the cup, I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it boss. So maybe you put it on your desk and it kind of worked, but I really couldn't measure. So we stopped, but maybe we should do that. Anyway, let's try to get that concept.
1: Yeah. So, so the tier, so we have that. And then the property managers are tier two. So, you know, here's the thing. The property managers are now, it's like taking, it's like the funnel approach. They're not taking a hundred calls a day and only three of them are important. And those three get washed out because they're dealing with stupid things. They're taking the three calls that are important that maybe could get a sued or lose an owner or something like that. So we're, we're basically putting the right people in the right seat and having the right people do the right job, right? I don't want a property manager that I'm paying X dollars a year to do something that I could pay someone to do. This much a year, and it's data entry. That is not smart business. That is not fiduciarily smart, in my opinion. Right. And it's a matter of putting the right people in the right seat. You may not have all these things, but if you're having a property manager that, let's say, you're paying them, um, you know, I don't know, let's just throw fifty thousand dollars a year, and you're having them do ten thousand dollar a year work, are you doing the right thing for your company? No, you're not leveraging your team correctly. I think tiers work
0: right? Oh, absolutely. My my next question, of course, in the audience, I bet like they're itching right now. Like "Ah, I'm itching. Um, how do you, how do you, how do you filter? How do do you, how do you get the calls in the right tiers?
1: You got to have systems, you got to have procedures. You got, I mean, you know, my, you know, Pete, man, Pete is the checklist King. We created our own checklist and, um, you know, God bless Kevin Knight. Kevin Knight started us on that and Pete took it and just, We, we've probably spent, I'm going to say $70,000 in checklist creations, um, just for us. And, uh, you know, systems, procedures, I mean, it is down to the wire of how things are done. Um, and that, and that's, could you give us an example, Steve, if I, let's say I'm calling you
0: ring, ring, um, you answer the phone, please ring, ring. Hello. Uh, is this empire? (laughs) Well, see, that's the problem. I wouldn't answer the phone. Uh, right, but but let, imagine you are your front line. I'm calling Empire. You imagine that, yeah, you know, like like uh, somebody said, uh, I can't remember what the, somebody said, that, oh, Mike Catalano says, hey, sometimes you just got to sweep the floors. You know, as a CEO, like, it's okay, right? Vacuum the floors. So let's say you had to go, and and uh, so I'm calling, and I'm saying, okay, my my problem is, hey, uh, my rental, uh, you know, I hear there's a fire in the neighborhood, and I'm not sure if it's affecting my rental, but I'm not getting a call from anybody. I'm kind of, uh, I'm unaware, so can somebody tell me what's going on with my property?
1: Is this, a, is this a phone call that you've called me about? Yeah, dude.
0: Like, how do you, like, how do you direct it? Like, how, how, how does your person, how does your frontline team decides where to send it to?
1: Well, is this something, the first question would be, I mean, to me, the common sense would be, is this something they can handle? Their, their job is to handle as much as they can at the tier one level.
0: Oh, so That's they get okay. I get it. I, I'm not, I didn't understand that before. So they get tier one by default. Gets all the calls. Yes. Ah, okay. And then it desk. It,
1: it it, it, yeah. my, my whole point is: is if you called, it would say, "Are you call? Are you a new client? Are you an owner? Are you a tenant? Are you, there's a phone tree, right? And that goes to the different teams. The different teams on the tiers. But it all starts at tier one.
0: Gotcha. Okay. I, I I just somehow. It sounds obvious now, but I missed it.
1: i have a receptionist
0: they, is that sends people everywhere.
1: Now, here's the thing. Here, here's the difference between a proactive company and a reactionary company. They are just fucking steaming because they don't want to pay a $25 HOA trash can bill. Right? Whatever. They are pissed off. I want to talk to my property manager. Here's the difference. Okay, let me look on their calendar. I see they're available at 3 p.m. on Wednesday. Would you like for me to schedule an appointment with your property manager? I'll put in the notes so that they can be prepared for the meeting.
0: That's
1: great. Now, the property manager has it on their calendar, as opposed to going, Tag, you're it. And they're like, Holy shit, this person. Now that person gets time to calm down. The property manager can do some research so that when they have the meeting, it's not, let me find out, let me get back to you, let me this, let me, you're going back and forth. Now you're being proactive. You're setting up, saying, Look, we are a company. We will set an appointment. We have the information. We'll talk about it then. And it will be on the calendar.
0: That's pretty brilliant, man. I really like the way, and by by Wednesday, this $25 trash can fee may not be an issue because you just had a, you're having a bad freaking day. And you're, you're pissed and, off.
1: You're emotional. And your you're wife already thinking. paid it anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not thinking right. You're not talking right. And now it's, you're in the heat of battle. Now you've kind of thought about it. You've kind of calmed down a little bit. The property manager, maybe the property manager looks and says, okay, you know what? This guy's, he's a good owner. Yeah. You know, let me see if I can wave it for you. You know, I, I apologize. We took care of it. Blah, 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 blah. They're like, hey, thank you. Yep. Now what do you do? What's the next thing you do?
0: Ask for review, brother. There you, you go. To? Who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, you ask for review. Oh. Boom. <clears throat> yeah. Like a hawk that's right that's right Sweep in, man guys got me
1: thinking okay so you want to go back to the scorecard
0: yeah yeah yeah. so tier two i get i get it so i didn't understand how the thing flows. so now they flow through tier one they flow up to tier two they get on their calendars brilliant now the tier three i imagine is management so how does that work
1: well it keeps escalating up right so tier three is 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 director of operations or someone in management um and, and and so we you know It's gotten that far. It's gotten from tier one, tier two, to tier three. So, you know, we want to know how many are we getting and are we getting a trend? If we're seeing a trend, then we go, okay, so let's say we're in this meeting, our leadership meeting. Um, and we see like two weeks in a row, this is red, meaning it's not acceptable. Then it goes on the issues list. You get two weeks in a row in red, it goes on the issues list. This is an issue. Do we need to look at this? Do we need to go further? What do we need to do with this? Right? And that's how we can start. That's how it's not like, oh, yeah, this is a problem. This is a problem. So we put our parameters already of what's acceptable and what's not. The things that will kill us is what we're watching. Seven to ten things that we think will kill the company. Right? I like that. whatever, Whatever will kill the company. If you don't get revenue in, if you need so many clients inbound every month, that could kill you. That's broken down into weekly. You're going to have historical data of things that you're going to be watching. If something starts becoming a problem, then that goes on the scorecard. It can always come off. But you may say, you know what? This is on the scorecard till we fix it.
0: Hmm. Right. So, so it's fluid. There's fluidity there. You put in things that are uh, high level, oh. but they're also critical at the time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Does that make sense?
0: That makes sense. So now I think we've we've done a good job. Well, you I actually, in fact, I'm gonna. This is really the good timing for me um, to have a conversation with you. I don't know. There's third sense, man. I haven't really spoken with you in like six months, and then all of a sudden we text, and then hey, let's do this thing because uh, we we both having uh, similar issues. Um, so let's bring it all back now to the growth. Um, you have that system. It, it's worked. So you have your leadership team that the meets weekly and go over the scorecard. And you mentioned that the scorecard, um, rolls up from the, from the right, right. You scorecards, different operational, I guess, departmental scorecards roll up to the big one.
1: Right. So for example, our tier one all has KPIs. Those roll up to their team leader. So each, each, each team in our tier one level has a team leader. They get their KPIs. Those get kicked up to their manager. So we're, we have an organization chart and we have a hierarchy, right? And they keep getting – and we may go, that's not important for me to know the wait time that our clients are getting. It's not important to me to know unless it becomes a problem. Right. But it's being measured. So we measure everything. We measure the, the front office girl. How many phone calls is she getting? How many times is that phone ringing? Okay, it's ringing a lot. Why are they ringing? What's, what are they calling for? Is it Maintenance? Is it complaints? Is it leasing? What are they calling, right? You don't know unless you track it. If it's not a problem, don't need to measure, right? But we, we do measure everything. So, so anyway, so everybody, every department may kick up three KPIs. They probably have, like Kevin, my marketing guy, he tracks every single marketing campaign we do to the nth degree. We don't care about that. I don't care what the marketing strategy is producing the most or the least. I, I, the, at this meeting, we're at 30,000 feet. I just want to know how many are we getting of opportunities, how many are leads and what's our conversion rate? How many days to close a client? That's good to know because yeah. that's the return of our money. How long does it take us? What's the average? So there's, there's things on the sales side. How many doors, how many contracts have we signed and how many have been turned over to operations? Meaning are we signing them and we have to hold them? So th- that's, that's all, all this information is telling us a story, right? And so that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to get a financial story. Now, part of this leadership team, um, what we do is uh, we come up with a quarterly thing, okay? And when I've coached and, and helped property management or mentored them, or whatever, um, I'll tell them, we need a quarterly thing. So what do you suck at the most right now? And normally it's communication or let's say it's maintenance. Okay, that is the quarterly thing. The whole theme for the quarter is to fix it once and fix it forever. And and I, I will I will preface this by saying Pete is a big part of big proponent in this. This is more I'm more pie in the sky, visionary. Pete is the integrator right of the company. As you know Pete, right. he's the nuts and bolts. But so to give him credit, this is this is a lot of Pete. I'll paraphrase it because he doesn't look as good on camera as me. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing pretty good lately. As,
0: as speaking at well, seminars and such, I've seen him. i to the broker owner. We got cut up. We got a chance to chat for like 20, 15 minutes. It's good times. So, yeah, yeah. He's but, good. Uh, so, yeah, Thanks for giving me credit. Let's, let's give credit to the people you mentioned so far. Brett Larson, let's give him a shout out. He's got Brett. a mastermind property management show. Good guy. Yep. Uh, uh, Kevin Knight, you mentioned. Kevin uh, Knight. Liberty Property Management. Doesn't have a show, but Good guy. Uh checklists and all that stuff.
1: Hey has been with property mails. we've been using him. Great guy. Integration. Good good guy. I mean, we you know, a lot of these people, it's funny, you know, especially Brad, you know, we got this kind of you know, friendly rivalry, good guy. And we just have these conversations. And, and I tell you what, man, we learn more from people like Brad and Kevin and you know, Eric Wetherington, you know, out in uh, Carolina. I mean, we learn so much from these people. It it really it, it blows my mind why people do not converse and talk to each other more. It, it really does. I just, the, the, the ability to learn, it's so exponential. It's just a, an abundance theory. But, but in any event, let me go back to, go back to what we we're talking Sorry, about. Sorry, I didn't mean to deviate, but I thought, I thought we mentioned the people. All right, let's get back to it. No, uh, so enough about them. More about me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right, So we talk about these themes, right? So for example, we had a big problem with maintenance the end of last year. It was just, it was killing us, right? We just, we had a lot of open tickets. We had people upset. We're like, what is going on? Like, why can we not fix this problem, right? And so our business coach was like, you guys need to fix it and you need to fix it forever. Like, don't put a band-aid on it. You need to find the cause and effect and you need to fix it upstream, right? So Pete digs in and basically what we ended up doing is, is we, we figured a way to fix it by using tier one, right? We created a maintenance control division. They handle everything, right? So what we found is by doing this and being so focused, every, the whole leadership team was focused on maintenance. What you inspect, you respect, right? So all of a sudden, everyone from maintenance, everyone in the company had a maintenance team. Everyone had to come to the meeting. Three things that you can do to increase maintenance. How do we increase, uh, decrease customer complaints on maintenance? How do we increase turn time? How, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden when you get the whole company working on that theme the problem went away
0: i like that idea and, quarterly theme um, yeah hey what, what is the quarterly theme I, I asked you but i forgot i'm so sorry i asked you and you told me what that is we, we had a good 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 uh, uh connection on that but i what what is your quarterly theme now uh efficiency efficiency no i don't Effic- remember actually i don't remember that one um no, yeah, you- so,
1: so uh, cor- uh efficiency is our quarterly theme we want to we want to be more efficient Um, next will probably be once we can deliver an efficient product, then it would be communication. Cause I feel that once we can deliver that product, we want to make sure that we're communicating that with them. Right? So there's different themes that you have as we're going down the thing and everybody has challenges, right? The problem is, is you have so much going on. You don't have enough time to put all your eyes on it. So what we try to do is say, okay, everyone's eyes is on this problem. We're ripping the band aid off, pulling off the covers, and going, we all got to work on this. This is, not a, this is not an operations problem. This is not a maintenance problem. This is a company problem. And we don't need to fix this because we have our core values. Um, and, and it all just aligns with it. But when the leadership team, so what we do is the leadership team, we may each have, we call them every 90 days, quarter, right? Because your brain works best in 90 day increments, is what they found. So these are 90 day, we call them 90 day rocks. Okay, So the 90-day rocks are where you have projects towards the goal. And so we have individual projects that we're doing, and then we have company projects that we're doing that maybe we're collaborating with other members of the team. And every week, are you on track or off track? That's all we need to know. If you're off track two weeks in a row, guess where it goes? The issues list.
0: Score uh, Issues list, okay.
1: So you're kind of – and all it's doing is, is you're putting accountability – where the whole—it's not now. It's not just Pete and I trying to figure out what are we going to do, how are we going to fix this maintenance problem. Now we got five other very smart people collaborating, believing in the vision, in the culture, in the core, helping. And you'd be amazed. Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say was—is when you talk about collaboration. So just just to give you a, a quick sidebar. You'd be amazed at what your team members think of and know. And a perfect example of that, I found out that so Southwest Airlines, right? Bags fly free. Do you know who thought of that idea?
0: Yeah, I I, I know that it's publicized, and if you read it, it's quoted in many business books. The team came up with that idea. Like the the bag that like the, the bag guy who was putting the bags on the plane, right?
1: It was, it was I think it was actually a maintenance technician.
0: Or maintenance technician. So okay. why don't
1: we just let the bags fly free? And they were like not only do we do that, let's publicize it. And let, you know what I mean? So okay. it's, it, you're, you're, my whole point is is the ideas don't always come from the top. And just because you're in charge doesn't mean that you can't take information from everyone around you. And I think people have egos and pride and they think I'm the owner. I need to shoulder all this. But I don't think that's true. And I don't think that it's kind of like pushing a string, right? You're not going to get very far pushing a string. If you lead, a leader pulls the string. Right. And I think that's the biggest problem. What we kind of got into in the beginning is I think people learn, they grow a company and they become managers and they don't focus on being a leader. And a leader asks questions, doesn't tell. You got to ask more questions. Right. Because, look, I can say, you know what, I'm the owner of the company. You do what I say. Right. That's only going to go so far. Right. After a while, they're going to go, you know what, I don't need this. They can so, get the thing is they get it's free country. They can get a job elsewhere. This is
0: this is a uh, border borderline abuse. Uh, that's I mean, no. understandably. I, I want I want before like this is a really really juicy piece of content we just you and I just created. I think this is a great coaching, um. Device like I don't want to go too far in any other direction. To be honest with you, because this is a great way for anyone who's growing right now implement the scorecard system, leadership team, tier one, tier two, like that. First of all, scope it out. How long did it take you to implement this? So people don't feel bad if it doesn't happen in in one week. Cause I I've, I've been trying this for I mean, like nine months. I'm into it, man.
1: We we started we started this um, in November.
0: November, December, January, February. So you were what five months into it? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's pretty yeah. good. But you have a business so, coach who keeps you accountable, right? Who just kind of helps yeah, you. Yeah. Okay.
1: And this is opposite of our business coach. This is, you know I mean? That, but that's the level of involvement and commitment we have to this thing that, you know, and it, it, look, it's hard, man. You know, we have knockdown, down, out, you know, Pete and I, we're like brothers, man, but we, we get into it, you know, and, and they, we're all doing it for the good of the company. With the, It's not an ego thing, but it's like what he feels is best for the company and what I feel is best for the company sometimes yeah. conflict. And that's fine. There's There is nothing wrong with that as long as, you know what, at the end of the day, we have to come to some agreement, we put it aside and we we move on, you know, because it's all for the growth. And look, when you're growing, it is stressful and it it can be a very scary time because here's the thing that people don't think about. Let's say you grow for the companies that have a BDM. Let's say you pay whatever you pay a BDM, you pay them a percentage of of, of revenue of the door that brings in and, and, you know, they get paid that month, right? So technically you are not going to get the revenue from that property. You with me? Cause it's rented out and I got to pay the BDM. So it could be. It takes it. Well, I,
0: I got you. Yeah, I got you.
1: I'm going with it. And, and whatever the number is, I, we know our number. I don't know what everyone else's number is um, it average. I believe is somewhere between four to six months to actually start getting the return on a door. Depends on how you're, how you're that's marketing and right. all yeah, that. That's all right. Yeah. A lot of people don't know their numbers, so they may not know. But it's normally between four to six months. Ours is about six that's months. That's still very good, by
0: the way. If you get, yeah, if you get, if you get, if you get payback in six months or less, if you pay your acquisition costs in six months or less, that's a freaking great situation to be in for a recurring revenue business if your retention is decent.
1: Right. So what people don't realize, though, and again, careful what you ask for. You start closing doors. You know, we've had we've had months where we closed sixty-two doors. That's a big check you're cutting. That's a company in itself. <laughs> yeah, but think about it. Think of how much. Re- think of how much of a paycheck we're cutting out to the BDMS. Right. We're not seeing that right. revenue for six months. Now we have another month where we close forty doors. All of a sudden, you get into a cash gap situation. Yep. Or financially, you're going. Very familiar shit, with man. that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, all of a sudden you're going. You're going shit, man. We we can't even pay. We're growing, but we can't even pay our bills. So again, it's a matter of having these conversations and looking at it and going, okay, is there another way? How do we do this? Is there some other, you know, the answer may be, hey, you, we got to take a loan out just to have the cash gap. Yep. And there's there's nothing wrong with doing that, but that's just, you got to make sure that's part of the plan and not reacting. If it's part of the plan and you know your numbers and you go, okay, well, that, that's just, that's what it takes. And it's funny because you talk to other people and they're like, that they have big businesses, they're like, well, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah.
0: Well, so high growth companies, That's that's especially in a service business, right? It's sort of like, and uh, it's sort of like step uh, stair stair like like a steps, right? So so you always have to staff up and pay up, pay your salespeople to get to the next level. And you're right, I stopped sleeping For the last two and two and a half years. Um, you know, I've been sleeping like a rock, but lately, last year when I mean, this this big growth spur, man, I I dude, I wake up and think on things. Like it's like I, three a.m. in the morning, I'm thinking. Like my mind is going. Like um, how <laughs> it it I, it's real.
1: Yeah, it is. It, 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 it's it's a it can it can eat you up because businesses there there's no emotions, right? It will chew you up. I mean, you know, we all we all do campaigns and we do things and we go, well, that sucked. That just cost me twenty thousand dollars that produced nothing or whatever it is, you know. And you're like, well, are you hired an employee and they were useless for six months and you find out they didn't do anything and you get upset. But the reality is, is it comes back on the leader if you're not planning and you don't have that plan. Is there really anyone to blame, but yourself?
0: And that's would, why, that's why we're not sleeping brother.
1: <laughs> yeah. and it's, 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 The thing is, is what we have learned is obviously it's always good to have someone to talk to, whether it's a business, you got to have someone that you're accountable for because then you sit there and go, am I, am I freaking crazy or am I on track? And then you start talking and it's like, okay, well I'm not crazy. Like this is not like, this is it. First of all, is this normal? Right? Am, I, am I the one-off or am I normal? And then you start talking to other business owners, and, and not against property management companies or anything, but you know, you talk to people that have big, big, very big businesses of all kinds. It's the same. It's the same story. And you're like, okay, well, how do you guys cope with it? The ones that are successful, they say, you know what? It's just the plan. You got it. And our biggest challenge that we have, I'll tell you, is we have our plan, we have our organization chart, but sometimes if an opportunity pops up, we may go for that opportunity and our business coach always asks us, is that part of the plan? It's not part of the plan. You either change the plan or you don't do it. Even if an opportunity is going to make us a hundred thousand dollars, is it taking our eye off the prize of what the plan and the vision of the company is? And look, as you know, we all get opportunities. I get opportunities to speak around the country, but he's always saying, is that part of the plan? Is there, is, is this aligned with what you're doing? If it's not, sometimes saying no is better. I hate yeah. saying no because I'm speaking, but you know.
0: Yeah, I, I got you. And we've been very lucky. I've been very, very disciplined with with sticking to uh, to our plan. But there's very there's a lot of temptations, and we call it squirrel, or you call it uh, opportunity, you call it whatever. There's temptation out there to make to make good money. I can consult, you know, and I tried that, and I realize how much time. I realized if I do more than because a few. A client engagements a month keep me sharp, keep me like sure. inside the real, like what you and I are doing right now. It keeps me inside what's going on. Any more yeah. than that, and what happens is I'm costing my company
1: opportunity. Absolutely, yeah. You're you're absolutely. I, you know, case in point, when I went to Australia and I spoke to Australia, great people. I love going over there. I mean, they're just, you know, the, the property management and you've been there. You know, just just good people. Um, and and a lot of people had me coach and mentor them, and you know, it's great. I got a lot of them now. And now, you know, I mean, and I'm helping them, and I'm, you know, fulfilling them and everything, and I love doing it. Um, but again, you got to make sure does it align with the goal. And and if it does, if it if it doesn't, you got to either you have to fit it into the goal, or you got to say, you know what, this doesn't, you know, at some point you got to say, you know what, I'd love to help you, but I just can't right now because my my I'm full. But as soon as this is done, and and we could go, you know, down the road possibly, but right now I cannot. And there's nothing wrong with saying no. Ah, and that's,
0: let, let's finish on this note right here, man. This is, like, there's nothing wrong. In fact, I think it takes, it takes mental toughness to say no to juicy opportunities that are not aligned with your direction and your purpose.
1: Real, real quick, I'll tell you a story. So I was at a, uh, a conference a couple months ago. Uh, Darren Hardy was there speaking. I don't know if you've Very ever Very familiar of his... with him, yep. I've seen his yeah. stuff and get his emails. And he's got the Success Life magazine or some, some successful something. Yeah. And he's a, obviously a very successful. Compound Effect was an amazing book. Um, but when he spoke, he said he interviewed some of the most successful people in the world, the Richard Bransons, the, the Trumps, the, the, you know all the people that were very, very successful. wealthy. And he was trying to figure out, he said, what is it that you guys do? He goes, I work way harder than you. I work my ass off. You guys are not, you guys don't even seem like you're working as hard as me. Why are you so much more successful? And he said they all had one common word. They say no more than they say yes. And he said that was the common theme is they were very – he said he would have a meeting with Tony Robbins and it was like you have 12 minutes. Go. And it was was literally that protect – they protect their time that much. And I thought that was very interesting that that was the common theme with all successful people.
0: Ooh, I think I'm I'm I think I'm I'm finding something really really unique from this conversation, and I think people get because look when you're when you're just starting really nobody cares you gotta ask 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 you ask your clients you ask you know somebody to lend you money all those things right and then you get certain level of success, and I think people who don't go any further are the ones who keep saying yes to to things and basically moving and, and their teams can't catch them like they're everywhere they're just Boom! Boom! Yes, this. Yeah, we're gonna do real estate. Oh, yeah, we're gonna do maintenance. Oh, Steve Rosenberg, that's tier system. All right, guys, on it. Tier system tomorrow. <laughs>
1: tomorrow <laughs> right? we're gonna tier. We're going to Mexico.
0: Yeah, and then boom, boom, this, that, and that is. I think that is the big challenge. But if you
1: discipline and 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 no is, yeah, there's an eloquent way well, to say no. And I'll tell you, you know, when it comes to dynamics, you know, Pete, my the people that know Pete and I myself, like, I'll come back and and he'll say like, you'll come back with ten ideas. Nine of them will be shitty, but one of them will be the moneymaker. And my idea, and I bring them to Pete, and I'm like, what about this? What about this? And he's like, no, sucks, horrible, hate it. There's, that's the one. That's the one we're doing. And I'm like, let's do it tomorrow. And he's like, third quarter. I'm like, third quarter, man. Come on, like tomorrow. And he's like, third quarter. He's like, it's not in the plan. So I, I, I love that I have him because, I, you know, like we, we joke, if I was running the company just myself, we'd have 10,000 doors, and it would be chaos. If it was him, he'd have five and no one would talk to anyone, but they would be perfectly run. He'd so, probably make the
0: same amount of money, though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they would. They, they probably would. Very true. But it's one of those things that, you know, and the one thing before we before we go, I'll tell you, you know, one of our main mentors, Brad Sugars, uh, he always says B times do equals have, right? And what it is is if you want to have something – you have to become that person, you have to do it, and then you have it. The biggest challenge that, that he explained to me was that most people forget about the becoming, and they just do. And they say, I will work as hard as I have to work to have that. I'll work 25 hours a day if that's what it takes, right? As entrepreneurs, we will all grind whatever it takes. But the problem is, is they don't become the new person, and it's kind of like what got you here doesn't get you there. So what got all of us to this level of company is not gonna get us to the next level. What got us to a $5 million company is not gonna get us to a $50 million company if we don't change who we are. And so he's saying like, you have to read different books. You have to hang around with different people. You have to go to different networking events. You have to change your friends. You have to become a different person because what you, who you are got you here, but that's not gonna get you there. And that, that really sat with me a lot learning that. That was real important.
0: That is really true. So upskilling, upskilling yourself, and upskilling your team—you if you want to retain them. A lot of times, you know, people, people don't operate uh, with the same intensity as the company progresses and grows. There's different sets of response, and I've had I've had to part ways with my dear, dear friends who have been with me, became dear friends who've been with me from the beginning. They're just not like their mind is a little bit different. Once we put structure there, they're great operators on like at one well, chaos, they controlled chaos. But once it's controlled and 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 processized and operationalized, they don't feel you know it's it's a wrong fit. So
1: and, and there's nothing wrong with that, and no. that's just that's, you know I've talked to a lot of people about that because we've had the same thing. You know the people you start with are not the ones you end with. You know, and Pete and I have had the discussion that we know that probably at the end of the day when this thing's you know. As big as we want to go and national and stuff, it's probably just going to be Pete and I. And, and we hope we have all the teams, but we can't guarantee that. We can't guarantee everyone is willing to do the conventions and do the learnings. I can't force people to get educated. But you know, if if the team I have is running a, a five million dollar company and I expect them to run a hundred million dollar company, but they're not doing anything different, how are they going to learn that? How are they that's you know that's something you have to you have to become a hundred million dollar CEO. Because a $5 million CEO is not a hundred million dollars. They, they think different, right? And it's a mindset difference. And that's, that's the challenge is we're all on this quest. Look, we're all on a journey, right? We're all going somewhere. Some of us are going forward, some backwards, but we're all going somewhere. We're not staying the same. And it's, it's the constant consistency of what we all do on a daily basis. It's our actions that are gonna dictate where we go. And you know, it's that there's no, you know, look, we all know there's nothing exciting about doing this every day. About, you know, some days you just get kicked in the face and you don't want to get out of bed, right? You just don't want to answer the phone because you know it's a problem. We all have that. It's what you do when you hit that wall and do you get up and do you keep going after you get kicked in the face? And and the entrepreneurs, all of us out there know that it just sucks getting kicked in the face every day, right? But that's what we do, right? There's no There's nothing sexy about it. Right. Oh, it looks no, no. I would disagree. It looks g- glamorous.
0: We wear nice sports coats. We get up on the stage. We get invited to speak. And I had the same meeting yesterday. We had a whole company meeting, and I, I explained to my team. So we're gonna finish with this, man. I played a, I played a hustler game. You know what I did, Steve? You like this? I've calculated the, the success probability. The probability of us four and a half being here six years from the founding day. And put so what I've done is like eight out of ten businesses fail within the first. Uh, uh, three years. Then uh, 50% of businesses make it to five years. And then, and then another three out of 10, uh, seven out of 10 VC backed businesses fail after uh, the first five years. And so basically I had 32 tennis balls and I put Mark two of them with W's like a win. Right. And I so put t- total 32 and the other tennis balls and I put them in the sack and I'm like, who's a hustler here? Like, like, let's see, like, it looks glamorous to you, but you know, sometimes I'm not like, I'm sorry, I can be brash and Not always, not always, like, respectful. And I apologize. I try. But my mind is, like, so, like, committed to this thing that sometimes I, like, so I apologize for being who I am. But I was like, look, let's try, see if you can be the the success. And I had him pick the ball. And I went around the room. And nobody picked the W. And then Brittany did, like, after maybe eight, nine tries. So I'm like, that's what it takes. That's the probability of us even being here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's so true, man. It, it, and things out of, things are out of our controls. Shit just happens, right? Shit happens to us that we didn't do, we didn't cause, but we have to clean up the mess. It's just yeah. life. You no. Know?
0: Well, let's end on this, Steve. Uh, tell people now that you're not really speaking. Um, no, you are speaking <laughs> for the think- right fee, right? For the right fee. Hey, yeah, you, you get you get somebody like you. Um, you, you can change people's lives, right? So if people wants to find, if people want to inquire about your speaking opportunity of coaching, where would they go?
1: Um, they can just, they can go to our website, empireindustriesllc.com. They can email me directly. Um, Steve at com. You know, we're, we're on probably most every social media portal. So if you want to find me, you can, you know, they can call you and say, Hey, how do I get hold of Steve? You know? By the way, I want one of those cups. I want one of those coffee cups before I forget. It's in the mail for you, buddy. I really appreciate your
0: time. It's been great. Um, I feel like we every time we do, we scratch the surface and there's so much more. Maybe you yeah. and I need to fly somewhere along and sit on a plane for 12 hours and just we'll never shut up.
1: <laughs> we, could, we could sit in a bar in uh, uh, San Francisco again and have cocktails all day discuss world problems.
0: Yeah, like last time we did a uh, 49ers game, which they didn't Yeah. Win. Anyway, man, it's been a real pleasure and privilege, and thank you for your time, and uh, we'll catch you again.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Be well.